0: guys are doing well. I'm super excited about today's episode. It's, it's something, a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for some time. And it's just something that I feel, you know, the world needs to explore a little bit more into what Mama Earth actually has to give us. Uh, so I am really excited about today's guest. But before we dig in and actually introduce the guest to you, I just want to give you a heads up that you might hear a little snore or a little farting during this episode. And just to be completely frank and honest, it was definitely not me. It was definitely not our guest. It is actually our little puppy, Piper. That we've just adopted a few days ago and she did not want to leave me alone for this episode so she was sleeping right next to me and as she's a French bulldog there was some snoring and definitely some farting. I'm just glad you guys can't smell what was happening here. So let's dig right into this episode. Really excited about this guest and he is the founder and the CEO of the functional mushroom company, Mushroom Revival, Inc. He is also the co-host of the number one mushroom podcast in the world, the Mushroom Revival podcast. After earning his degree in mycology, he authored a book, which we'll link in the show notes, and he was recently nominated as one of Alston's Inno's under 25. He's absolutely obsessed with mushrooms and the healing powers as he signed his life away to the bidding of the mushrooms so during this episode we are going to take a look at the importance of mushrooms the role it plays in the ecosystem as well as some of the benefits of making mushrooms part of our daily routines we also take a look at different type of mushrooms and explore a little bit in the fungi world. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Alex Dorr.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You are most welcome. I am so curious to hear what you are going to talk about because, well, we're going to dig right into this. And I actually want to know, how did your like kind of sustainable journey started and also... The love for mushrooms.
1: Yeah, that it brings me back a while. It really started with my own health crisis, right? So, when I was young, I was I was really struggling with chronic depression and anxiety, and then a few years after that, I got struck with Lyme disease, and were incredibly hard to deal with, right? Um, I mean, it. I went from going happy-go-lucky, full of energy, to just bedridden and and hard to function on not only a day to day but hour by hour right with so much pain and brain fog etc cetera, etc cetera. so from that you know it just i went down the rabbit hole of totally committing myself to leading a healthier way of life and through that that journey i discovered the supportive effects of functional mushrooms for overall health and And through that discovery, right, it it opened the doors to all possibilities that mushrooms and fungi had. I read every single book that I could get. I I, uh, spent all my money on every single mushroom book. I took every class that I could sign up for and even traveled all around the country just to take these classes. I watched every video on YouTube and, and that led me, I think it was in 2015, to actually take it more seriously, right? I, I I joined an internship for a month, unpaid, working full time at a, at a functional mycelium on grain farm or quote unquote mushroom farm to see what this industry was, and, and working hands on with with these lab skills and and understanding these fungi on. A deeper level, right? And getting my hands dirty. And right after that, I took a week-long mycoremediation remediation class in Oregon, and and that's just the study of how mushrooms and fungi filter and clean up toxic waste in in the environment. And then right after that, I did an intern or a, a, a field study, a study abroad in Ecuador, studying biodiversity and different ecosystems and the anthropogenic effects on them. So that's just a fancy way of saying <laughs> the human effects of, of the biodiversity in these different ecosystems and, and how humans were kind of messing it all up, right? And this was the second time I went to Ecuador. The first time I was really young and I was kind of haunted. I had some of the best days of my life, you know, being in the jungle. That's, that's my, my sole home, right? And where I feel the most alive, just surrounded by The abundance and the symphony of nature, but I was haunted by the sounds of saws uh, in the background, just cutting down the rainforest and was haunted for years. And to be back in Ecuador years later, studying fungi, right? And studying these plants and this symbiosis was spectacular, right? And doing scientific research to help really protect these really precious areas, interviewing locals and indigenous tribes affected by this change and seeing oil spills, right? Just unlined pits, just causing havoc on, on the local flora fungi, fauna, right? And, and the people, the indigenous tribes that were affected. And at the same time I was learning how mushrooms can clean up these oil spills, right? And and seeing it firsthand while also reading a book on how fungi were this, this golden key that can help our world's biggest problems, that just stuck with me. And it was something that was, to this day, I'm so passionate about the power of, of mushrooms and, and fungi. But I went back to school. I changed my major to mycology. Uh, and my my thesis i actually wrote a 250 page book all about micro um so how mushrooms can can clean up or fungi can clean up toxic wastes in the environment and that led me to launch mushroom revival to find a way to to make a living helping other people revive their health right and at the same time help the health of the planet so so that's where mushroom revival was born
0: Oh, wow. Well, that's amazing. And I've never really thought about mushrooms in such a way. But once you start digging in, then you know, you hear all about these amazing, amazing stuff that you never knew about. That just opens a whole new world. And it just makes me realize more how much or how little we actually grasp of what the environment is and sustainability. And if something like a mushroom can, really help with the ecosystem, then isn't that worth looking more into and also to see what what they kind of is. So you've briefly kind of talked about mushroom revival, but what exactly is it?
1: Yeah, our, our mission at mushroom revival is to revive health of people and the planet with functional mushrooms. And, you know, as you can tell, I'm unbelievably passionate about mushrooms and everything we do day in, day out is to spread that passion to, to everyone around us and, and turn them on to mushrooms uh, and to really mimic the way they create symbiosis in, in nature and, and to mimic that mycelial web of spreading nutrients and for us is spreading that passion of, of mushrooms um, and how they can really revive our health and our consciousness, right? We started three years ago and it was just me with a vision and a passion and uh, just bootstrapped my way, you know, starting in my living room, I grew it to my garage and my dining room and my basement. And until my, my roommate sat me down and said, you need to rent uh, uh, another place outside of our house. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was sneaking into the local university lab at three in the morning just so I can use some of their equipment, right? Because I, I was bootstrapped and I, just, I was passionate about what I was doing um, and I had to make it work. I ended up renting a, a local barn. It was a beautiful Amish wooden barn. We started growing mushrooms, extracting tinctures. And from that, now we, were, we have partnerships and locations all around the globe uh, and people working night and day to make mushroom re- revival a reality. And we focus on making functional mushroom supplements uh, to for health and wellness. Um, and at this point, Mainly tinctures, which are liquid extracts that you can drop in your drinks or straight up for various types of health and wellness. We have four main products at this point: energy, which obviously is for energy to support energy uh, from from a mushroom called Cordyceps militaris, and. We have Focus, it's another name of a product, uh, obviously for supporting cognitive function, from lion's mane mushrooms, these beautiful uh, mushrooms. Our third product is Calm, um, and the the highlighted mushroom in there is Reishi mushrooms, these beautiful Ganoderma lucida mushrooms. And then our final product is kind of a a multivitamin, so to speak. It's a blend of 10 different functional mushrooms, for immune support and supporting our body's natural ability to deal with occasional stress, and that's called Daily 10. We're incredibly passionate about making the most high-quality liquid mushroom extracts on the market.
0: Oh, wow, that sounds fantastic. But I want to know, like, what is it about these mushrooms that really makes them, I would call this, like, forgotten like superfood, you know, everyone's into this like superfoods nowadays with all these different stuff coming up. So what what is it that makes a mushroom that?
1: I, I really appreciate you using the term forgotten, right? Because mushrooms have been used for thousands of years. We find the first evidence of humans consuming edible mushrooms uh, almost 20,000 years ago, right? So, and there's theories like the stoned ape theory by Terence McKenna, he theorized that human evolution was only brought on with our use of psilocybin or magic mushrooms way back in the day. And and through epigenetics and and neuroplasticity, we actually cultivated language and, and modern Homo sapiens. But, you know, we see art from all around the world over 8,500 years ago of mushrooms, um, whether they're statues or cave paintings. We see evidence from many different cultures that mushrooms have been a, a vital part of, of human civilization. And we really get first hand glimpse of this in 3300 BC, where we find Otzi or Utsi, the ice man in the Swiss Alps. And Otzi or Utsi was the oldest naturally preserved human ever found. And he was found with two different types of mushrooms. One, birch polypore, uh, which they theorized he was using to clear intestinal parasites or worms. And the second is tinderconk which they theorized he was using to carry around embers of a fire and this was incredibly valuable and crucial right for his survival in the Swiss Alps in this really cold environment to be able to carry around fire they also found prehistoric tattoos on his body on specific points that acupuncturists have confirmed are specific points in the body that uh, relate to treating an uh, arthritis, right? And so using this tinder conch, um, smoldering this heat under specific points in the body, they theorize he was using this, this technique called moxibustion, which is a really traditional technique of, of similar to acupuncture or acupressure. In the 5th century BC, Socrates was writing about agaricon mushrooms as a cure-all. In 20 to 200 AD, we get mentions from many different types of functional mushrooms in multiple Materia medicas in China, including Buvaria bassiana, Reishi, Wolfoporia cocos, Tremella, and, and many others, right? This trend keeps going, you know, until in the 1900s, we start to see a change in the way we approach fungi and and mushrooms, right? Um, and for many people, we don't know this history, right? especially in in North America. But many people do know this one. and this is kind of a blockbuster drug, and it, and it's penicillin from the penicillium mold. Uh, and this was discovered in nineteen twenty eight. And it was responsible for saving hundreds of millions of people's lives. Uh, it's one of the most important discoveries of human civilization, right? And a few years later, we get, in 1932, the uh, discovery of LSD, right? And that's derived from a fungus, believe it or not. Um, and a few years after that, we get other discoveries, right, and, and developments. So in 1948, cyclosporin A- If anyone has gotten an organ transplant, they can thank cyclosporine A from from tolipocladium and flattum fungus. This fungal compound is responsible for suppressing the immune system enough to where organ transplants are possible, right? And and your body won't reject the organ. So this is an incredible advancement in in Western medicine, right? Years later, we we find a taxol-producing fungi, which which is also incredibly important. But they start to disappear in pharmacopeia, right? And most people don't know where where these drugs are derived from, so they kind of get lost. and And as a culture, United States and Canada and and pretty much this half of the globe doesn't have a rich cultural history around mushrooms that is apparent today, right? We we a lot of the indigenous people and tribes in in North America have used fungi and mushrooms, but a lot of that history has been erased. Whereas cultures like China, that history has been established for thousands of years and and luckily a lot of it is still really apparent. And if you travel to China and you asked anyone about mushrooms, it's not this far out weird thing. It''s like, yeah, I eat mushrooms every day. it's It's wonderful. I you know, I've studied it in school, you know x, y, z. So we're starting to get this renaissance of talking about, Mushrooms but but also functional mushrooms for health and wellness, and that was one of the reasons why I named the company Mushroom Revival because it really is a revival uh, in in our appreciation for for these forgotten superfoods that's
0: really amazing. You know, I think a lot of people when they hear about mushrooms and you know when someone talk about oh you know I'm doing this mushroom or I'm taking this mushroom or something people would think like whoa hang on like what's going on why mushrooms and you know I think there's a lot of I won't say connections or something but you know if you go to like Amsterdam or like some of those places and it's like hey mate you you want a mushroom everyone kind of think like, oh my gosh, she's doing mushrooms. Like, you know, whoa, what's happening? So how, how kind of for you guys is it to take the connection that people now have with mushrooms? I think people know about two different types of mushrooms. The ones you buy in the supermarket, you get the buttons or you get the flat one that you fill with like cheeses and stuff. And then you get the mushrooms that they sell, you know, for like some, some party party. How has that make your challenge kind of harder?
1: Oh, it's, it's incredibly hard. uh, And, but that's why it's exciting, right. To be in that frontier. And I love educating, you know, and, and it's almost, it it's one of the most exciting things to find someone very skeptical about mushrooms and then start to talk about it a little bit and see that that shimmer in their eyes when they realize like, wow, i know I know nothing about fungi or mushrooms, and they're actually incredible, right and And there are more fungi or mushrooms than. Than foot fungus or or candida or the button mushrooms that you find in the grocery store or magic mushrooms and you know it depends where you are in the world right uh, if you are from a, or have your grandparents or whatever from a northern European country you, you probably have gone out with your your grandpa you know going mushroom hunting and and you know different species uh, or if you grew up in China right you know that this is not foreign. It doesn't have this bad connotation. Whereas if you grow up in say United States, you'll probably have a lot more negative connotation because of the war on drugs, right? In the 60s, where there was a lot of propaganda around drugs are bad, right? And and mushrooms, let's just throw it in there. Uh, and for you know a lot of countries, but especially United States, that button mushroom, right? The, the slimy mushrooms that you find on pizza, which I actually don't even like those kind of mushrooms to eat. I won't eat them unless they're prepared really, really well. You know, that's all people know, but there's incredibly, you know, there's really delicious mushrooms out there. And for most people, they don't realize that over 50% of our DNA we share with fungi. And most people don't realize that, that Saccharomyces cerevisiae is—they probably ingest it multiple times a day, and and that's just yeast, right? <laughs> yeast is a type of of fungi, and that specific kind of yeast is in beer, it's in bread, it's in a lot of daily foods and beverages that we we take for granted. We don't think that we're consuming yeast or fungus when we're eating bread or drinking a beer. But we are, and even plants, you know, uh, 95% of terrestrial plants on planet Earth have a fungal symbiosis. And the other 5%, or mycorrhizal symbiosis, which is connecting to the roots, the other 5% and many of the other 95% that I just talked about have endophytic fungi, which is just fungi in the cell wall. So it's really just in the shadows, right? Uh, it, the humble stewards of our world. And when we shine this light on them to really better understand and, and let down our barriers of fear, we really realize that fungi is everywhere. And we life would not exist without it. Uh, and the world that we know would crumble uh, without the help of mushrooms and fungi. So so that's why I love having the conversation as hard as it is, just to see people's eyes light up and say, wow, I didn't, I had no idea. And to really expand that consciousness is super exciting for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, geez, even for me, I'm going whoa, you know, I didn't even know half of the stuff about mushrooms. And that's why I think it's so important to, you know, have those conversations for people to kind of explore with these different things. And, you know, for me, I'm always trying to be more natural with the stuff that I do. So, you know, when I um, discovered what you guys are doing, I was just like, whoa, this is so, so amazing. And, you know, just bringing back from, like, we've talked about these mushrooms and the fungi like how do you take that mushroom and like make the supplements that you guys are doing so it's like little drops I'm going to like post links on our show notes as well so people can actually go directly and see but what is that process so I have a mushroom in my hand and I have your supplements on the other hand like how how does how does go from one step to the other
1: Sure. That's a, that's a really good question. And I'm sure maybe some people that are listening who are really new to this, they say they might be wondering, you know, okay, you're talking about mushrooms, but then you also use this term fungi or, or, you know, what's the difference? So all mushrooms are fungi, but, but not all fungi are mushrooms. And, and so there's a whole kingdom or queendom fungi, right? And and in that kingdom or queendom, there are yeasts, there are molds, uh, and, and there are types of fungi that, that produce these mushrooms. You can, you can think of a mushroom like a fruit, right? So if, if we take an analogy of an apple tree, the apples are just the mushrooms and they're responsible for dispersing seeds or, you know, in, in uh, fungi, sake, spores, right? And so most of that apple tree is living underground uh, in something called mycelium, which is the roots, so to speak, of that mushroom. Not all mycelium, you know, create these these fruiting bodies, right? You know, the, the yeast that grows in, uh, that helps bread become bread or beer, they don't create this cap and stem mushrooms uh, like like you think, even the emoji on your phone, right? But some do. And some of those happen to be functional and they help support our health and wellness, but not all mushrooms, right? Some happen to be poisonous. Some happen to be just edible. Some are not the best, but uh, they won't, they won't make you sick. Only a small percent is very, very small will, will actually make you sick. But we focus on 10 mushrooms that have thousands of years of, of research and, um, Hundreds and hundreds of scientific uh, articles behind them. So they've been demonstrated to be unbelievably safe, and you can't overdose on them, or it's unbelievably hard to. so we we use only mushrooms that have an unbelievable amount of of research and and, I myself am a mycologist, right? Uh, so a mycologist is someone who studies fungi and, and mushrooms and, and I'm, an, I'm an avid scientist, right? So I take this very seriously. So the whole process starts at the spore, right? The seed, the spore, you need two to come together to create mycelium, right? That roots of the mushroom, the roots of the mushroom grow out on a substrate and the mushrooms fruit. Uh, we take the mushrooms and and we have to extract them to uh, get the, the bioactive compounds uh, that are supportive for our health. And this is something that not all producers do, right? They stop at the mycelial phase. So some companies will just grow that mycelium or the roots of the mushroom on a substrate and blend it up into a powder but it's a lot weaker of a product. And so studies have shown it's up to 400 times weaker than the actual mushroom. So if you're a great analogy, if you're wanting to buy an apple pie, you obviously want the apples in your pie. Um you don't want the roots, you don't want the twigs, you don't want the dirt. But unfortunately, a lot of companies will bet on people's ignorance about the fungal world and the life cycle and they'll throw in those twigs and and roots and dirt, so to speak, and people will go none none the wiser, right? Um, but but we don't want to confuse people or we want to give people the strongest product that they can possibly have because I come from a background of having my own health crises. And and so for me, it's incredibly important that it actually works, right? And that people are having these profound experiences to support their health and wellness. Uh, And so our cordyceps, for example, are grown on rice indoors, Um, where in the wild they're actually grown on bugs, believe it or not. But we use a vegan substrate and they look like orange little Cheetos and we harvest those mushrooms and extract it. Whereas other mushrooms are grown on hardwood logs outside in these hoop houses, Um, really beautiful process. And and they look gorgeous uh, seeing them, you know, in the mountainside growing out in nature, like nature intended, right? Chaga, you know, our chaga, for example, has to be wild harvested in Siberia from lush organic birch forests uh, in the middle of... Pretty much nowhere um, where it's unbelievably pristine and and gorgeous uh, and and that specific mushroom we haven't really figured out how to cultivate yet. So there's rigorous standards set by the places that you know are wild harvesting, not to harvest too much, right, and to harvest only a certain amount per year, so it is sustainable. And then replant those birch forests and inoculate them with with that chaga fungus, right? But this whole process is really, really specific. All the mushrooms that we use are grown from specific strains that have been rigorously developed over years and years to produce the most amount of mushrooms with the most amount of bioactive compounds and something that is standardized, right? You're once it grows, you're getting similar levels of compounds every single harvest, right? Um, or as as close to that as possible, right? It is still a biological organism, and specific growing techniques too, right? That are have been developed over hundreds, if not thousands, of years to make sure that these mushrooms are grown in the best way possible from light to pH to nutrients to everything it's it's almost like craft cannabis right or or other plants that require these really specific growing environments to produce the best product so after they're they're grown and they're harvested we extract them multiple times cuz mushrooms are made out of chitin which is the same material as shrimp or lobster shells and uh, we have to extract them with various solvents including hot water and alcohol to really extract all the bioavailable compounds polar and nonpolar, to create that entourage effect of all the compounds in there you know after we extract the the bioactive compounds we just add a couple other ingredients like lemon or ginger, right, for taste. Um, so people aren't repulsed by, by the taste of this earthy material and and uh, it's bottled and shipped right to your door, right? It's, it's truly farm or forest to bottle.
0: That's quite the process. And I'm just imagining like this big bowl of like mushroom soup that's like the alcohol and the water and it's just like being happy in there, and then it gets bottled. Is that is that kind of how it is, or yeah, <laughs> if if you want to
1: imagine it like that, I I'm sure um, with smiley faces and all that that's uh, that's generally the process.
0: You've just gone through this whole process, but you know your products are certified organic as well, right?
1: Yeah, everything that we use is USDA certified organic. We also. Uh, they're also non-GMO gluten-free. They're certified KCOff kosher. And then something that is is kind of the creme de la crop is the NSF certified CGMP compliant. And that's a mouthful, but it just means that we're staying compliant with the FDA. And and that certification is really, really rigorous. And there are some other certifications that even go above that, like ISO certifications that that we also Uh, go through just to make sure that we don't harm anyone, right? That, That the whole process is tested at various points and that they pass certain protocols that contamination does not get into our process and we don't use the wrong ingredients, right? And that there are safety protocols set up that we track every single ingredient, every batch number, and we keep it up to 10 years, right? In in storage. So if anything does go wrong, we can test it, right? And, and make sure that we can isolate whatever part of the process it is uh, we know, right? Because we keep rigorous um, records, and we're so confident, right, in in the quality of our products that we have QR codes on the side of of our bottles showing the levels of our compounds, which no other company does. We're we're so confident that that we're we're unbelievably transparent, right? And and we lab test. So many times uh, and, and most of them, you know, some lab tests are necessary, right, for these certifications, but we go above and beyond them. Some of our products are tested up to eight different times throughout the whole process to make sure that they are clean and, and very high quality.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And I mean, for me, transparency is key because I always find, you know, the more companies try and hide and cover up, the more you need to worry. You know, if you if you don't know what some of the ingredients are and they don't want to share that with you, maybe go for another product. So that's great that you guys are so transparent. And previously, you kind of mentioned how to use these supplements. So, you know, like do either a little bit of drops just like directly, or dilute it with you know a drink or water or something. Typically, how long would a bottle like um, that you guys sell last you? Or you know how many drops do you take? Like, kind of just give us a little like mushroom info on sure. how I use it. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and it depends on the person, right? I personally love to take it straight up because I want to taste all those herbs and mushrooms. And all the flavors and terpenes that that they have, and other people they're not accustomed to that earthy, bitter, natural flavors. So they'll want to put it in a drink, whether it's juice or coffee or a smoothie. And you can get creative. You can put it in overnight oats, acai bowls, and even cocktails. Right? If if you're a mixologist <laughs> and you want some, you know, a nightcap, and and you want to mix calm into it, uh, that that's a also a beautiful method that people can get really creative and we've seen some some really awesome recipes, but generally each bottle will last someone 30 days, but give or take, depending on how much you actually take every day, we recommend um, our suggested use is two squeezes of the bulb every day. You can space it out or take it at one time. Generally, you'll, you'll probably take energy in the morning and, and focus either in the morning or midday. Uh, daily ten, you can take probably in the morning when you, when you take your other supplements, but um, any time in the day. And then calm, you know, is my bedside table companion. Right before bed, I, I take a couple squeezes of that, and I have it helps support my my natural transition to a good night's sleep.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And I mean, you've had some amazing results with your lupus and everything. What has been some of the kind of feedback that you guys have received from people that's, that's now in love with the product and has been using it to kind of help some of their medical issues?
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to say that I'm not a doctor uh, and that None of our products are approved by the FDA to cure, treat, diagnose any disease or illness. So it is really heartwarming, right, to hear some of these stories uh, using our products. We are regulated by the FDA. So unfortunately, we have to go as far as delete some of, you know, if someone leaves a review on our site, we are legally tied to delete some of those reviews if they mention a medical condition, right? Because the FDA is breathing down our neck and doesn't want us to convince other people that this will treat, it's a drug, right? Treating a disease or illness. So, but we've, we've heard everything, you know, from athletes uh, helping support their energy levels to, you know, people in school, right? Support their cognitive function um, and, with her calm, I mean, s- hearing so many people, uh, even our president, when she first came on, she tried our calm for the first time, and she uh, was amazed. Even with just a couple drops, right, a-, a fraction of of the suggested use, she said that she had amazing rest, and uh, it was revolutionary for her. Um, and you know, cordyceps for me have been crucial just as as someone owning my own business and working really hard writing my own book and helping support my energy but it, but all functional mushrooms are adaptogens right so adaptogens are herbs or mushrooms that support our body's natural ability to deal with occasional stress and fatigue and Everyone deals with them, you know, from getting stuck in traffic to, you know, work or whatever it may be, having these allies to help support a a homeostasis, right? Um, And a balance is, is, is incredibly important.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And yeah, I definitely think that it's so much more important to, you know, when you do feel, oh, you know, I'm feeling tired, do check it out and like, have a look at what is in your food cupboards and what is fresh and, you know, make that your medicines. Don't always just go, you know, to get all these pharmaceutical stuff, you know, try and see, because it, It's not just an issue. There might be something that you're not getting enough iron, you know, so maybe do different stuff. So, yeah, so that's great. And the next one uh, question that I have is quite a hard one, especially because you love so many different mushrooms. But if you could only pick one mushroom that you are allowed to eat for the rest of your life, only one, which one would that be?
1: That is really hard. It's like picking my favorite <laughs> child, but um, yeah i I would have to say psilocybin uh, or psilocybin cubensis. And and for anyone who doesn't know, that's like magic mushrooms. Um, there's a lot of research going on and has been for the last sixty plus years by really renowned uh, research institutions that we're finding that psilocybin can be incredibly effective for depression, anxiety, um, addiction, end-of-life care, cluster headaches, and so many other things. And for me, just working with psilocybin, even just microdosing, um, and for people who don't know what that is, it's taking a a sub-noticeable amount, right? So it'll be usually people take, say, three 0.5 0.5 grams for like an actual dose or a trip, uh, a microdose would be like 0.2 grams. So it's, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction and you can still live your normal life. You can drive, you can have conversations, you can, you know, do your work you, and you're not, you won't see colors and, and spirals and X, Y, Z, your, your motor function is still great it helps on the subconscious level and and really these these smaller looking at reality in a, in a different perspective you feel a little more creative you feel a little bit happier and it's just a little more easeful in your body and after a couple of weeks of it you look back and you're like wow i actually I have felt a lot better. Right. Um, and, and then, um, so, so that's a mushroom that I would pick. And if we, we had to choose a, a legal one, um, I, I would pick cordyceps and, and that's a, a really favorite mushroom of mine that ha- has been incredibly supportive for my energy levels. Uh, and, and it's one of my favorites.
0: You are so passionate about mushrooms, and I was very excited to hear that you and your partner, who's also passionate about mushrooms, um, actually have a podcast. So it's the Mushroom Revival Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. My girlfriend and I, her name is Lyra We We actually met at a mushroom conference, (laughs) believe it or not, and... (laughs) Connected really for the first time at a mushroom themed yoga class that I was teaching, and we worked at and work at a functional mushroom farm, and we actually built together the the, uh, the largest and only USDA certified organic cordyceps militaris mushroom farm in the Americas. We traveled the world researching fungi together. We actually had our first date going mushroom hunting, uh, together. And, and so we, we co-host the, um, it's actually the biggest mushroom podcast in the world. The, the mushroom revival podcast where we just, we geek out, you know, we're obviously as you can tell of that, that story, we (laughs) both love mushrooms and we're incredibly passionate about fungi and mushrooms. So it's, it's, it's really special, right, to, to, to do that and, and really create a platform for these incredible organisms and bring on guests and experts from all around the world. And, and in our journey of learning, when we were beginning learning about mushrooms and fungi, we both felt like, you know, the scientists that were doing the real work on, on, in this field were in the shadows, right, and not getting the credit that they deserved. And only a couple, you know, micro influencers were kind of hogging all the limelight, and some of the times actually spreading really false information about mushrooms and fungi. So through the podcast, we really wanted to give the microphone to these experts, right? That a lot of time don't get the the radio waves or or the spotlight that are doing incredibly fascinating. Research development with, with fungi. So everyday people can have access to the wonder and awe of mycology, right? Um, we're reaching a shroom boom in the United States. Knowledge is power, and, and we want to equip people with that knowledge about mushrooms.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I am going to put that link in the show notes as well so people can head all over to you guys and just learn more about mushrooms. I find it so fascinating. So, Alex, what has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth?
1: You know, I've I've talked a lot about mushrooms, but I haven't really touched upon trees. I told the story about the first time I was in Ecuador and and hearing those saws in the background. And it, it kind of haunted me, you know, from a young, young kid of why would you destroy the most beautiful thing on the planet? And as I learn more about fungi, I, I realize, you know, as i as I talked about before, ninety five percent of terrestrial plants have this sacred connection with fungi. And up to seventy percent of our carbon in our soil is captured by this this fungal plant relationship in the soil and and this this fungal sequestration of carbon. And, Trees are just incredible, right? Uh, you Climbing them, just creating forests and jungles and ecosystems. So one of the things I wanted to do when creating Mushroom Revival is to plant a tree for every product that we sold. And we're coming up on Earth Day where we're about to plant another 10,000 trees, but but that will mark up to 45,000 trees that we planted over the last three years all around the world in different countries and ecosystems and that was sometimes people don't really care talking about the earth and and sustainability and trees you know a lot of people's eyes glaze over and and they order their next amazon package but but it's something that that is dear to me and and i think that was one of the most important decisions that that i've ever made and and continue to make on a daily basis
0: oh, i love that and well done that's Such a massive impact on all of those trees. Yeah, so Alex, we are going to move into our final five. First one is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow?
1: I've been really liking Sophia Rowe. Uh, She's an incredible chef uh, who is also passionate about mushrooms. But if you like cooking, I would definitely recommend following Sophia Rowe.
0: Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward?
1: I hope that we can drop all of our egos and realize that we're not the star of the show, uh, that we are just a mere speck in the grand orchestra of the universe. And, you know, I think once we realize that, the faster that we will have world peace.
0: Awesome. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to actually help out Mama Earth?
1: Eat more mushrooms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like proper mushrooms, not just button mushrooms, right? (laughs) And uh, what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey?
1: This is a really hard one. And I think just talking about how fungi can store up to 70% of the carbon in the soil and... They do this all while connecting, you know, the 95% of terrestrial life via roots, creating underground mycelial connections, this internet of the forest, helping plants communicate, right? And uh, not only this, but they're responsible for decomposition of trees that fall in the forest. And without them, they'll just keep stacking to the sky. And it's not only trees that they degrade, but oil spills, plastic, radioactive waste, etc. cetera. They're not only the great recyclers, but the great connectors. They're the great stewards of our planet.
0: I love that. And where can people actually find you?
1: Our website is mushroomrevival.com. You can find us on all social media platforms at Mushroom Revival. We also have the Mushroom Revival podcast that you can find on all podcast streaming platforms. My personal uh, account, you could probably find through contacting support uh, via any any of those uh, platforms. And, and my personal Instagram is Alex underscore door, D-O-R-R. I don't use it that much, but if you want to follow me on there, you can as well.
0: Awesome. Well, we're going to make sure to link all of that up in the show notes so it's easier for our crazy builds to go and find it. Alex, thank you so much. You have literally Open my eyes about mushrooms. I've always had this kind of saying that, you know, people give me the mushroom treatment. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. When people just keep you in the dark and feed you all sorts of crap. And I'm going to change that totally because now I know the power of mushrooms. Thank you so much for listening, guys. It was an absolute blast to talk about mushrooms and just to learn more about it. And Alex has actually been so kind to offer all of our Mama Earth Talk listeners a 10% discount on any of the purchases that they make. Um, so you can actually just go and type in at your code Mama Earth M-A-M-A-E-A-R-T-H. I will also put that code in the show notes. So if you're out and about and... Remember to remember the code. Um, just go to the link and it will be there. So thank you so much, Alex. You've been an absolutely amazing guest.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you everyone for listening to this. Much love.
0: Awesome. You're most welcome. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guests for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the MamaEarthTalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single single one of them and I really hope that you enjoy listening to them there's over a hundred episodes so if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there if you enjoy the episodes why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms, and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best place would probably be a DM on Instagram at Design by Mariska or pop me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday, so make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.